Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, and welcome to Gays on Film. This podcast is where we, a pair of gays, talk about what we're watching. I'm Declan. And I'm Ned. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about Heartstopper Season 2. Um, we'll be talking spoilers throughout, as always, so proceed with caution. There's also a note of extra caution for this one, because when we get to the headline feature, Heartstopper Season 2, we will discuss, well, potentially discuss sensitive topics such as eating disorders and self-harm. But anyway, before all that, Ned, will you just go and close that door? I was literally just <laughs> going to say, before I tell you what I've been watching, I'm going to close And the I'll window. start with what I've been go watching, on. shall I? So, we haven't recorded in a while, and we've been really busy. Oh, that might have been loud, but it's all part of it, it's isn't authentic. it? Authentic. Um, but And I was off um, for a week off work, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go to the cinema loads. I didn't. I binge-watched The Bear Season 1 and Season 2. and I didn't realise there was two seasons. One of the best shows of the year. Easy. All it's about is a struggling restaurant in Chicago, but the characters are so well-written. I would say, for me, it's like pink telly. Pink telly? Peak. P. Pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Don't mention Lizzo. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so... I would say it's like in the realms of White Lotus, Succession, kind of. That's how oh, good it okay. is. Um, it's just great. Yeah. Characters are so well written. You care about them all. Yeah. The second season had loads of guest stars. Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Will Poulter, <laughs> yeah. um, Sarah Paulson. There was just like, there was one episode. It was like, oh, they're in this one. Oh, they're in this one. Um, so... Yeah, really good. So I binge-watched all of that. We also, the last time we went to the cinema, which was actually a while ago now, we went to see the new horror film Talk To Me, which is one of A24's kind of sleeper hits that's doing really well and it only costs like four million to make, so it's been greenlit for a sequel. I don't know, but it's doing well. More than four million? Oh, God, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really good. It was all right. I don't think it, for me, I don't think it was quite worth the hype that it, it, it got, I don't think it stuck the landing for me. Isn't the point that it isn't hyped, though? No, everyone was like, oh my God, it's one of the best horrors of the year. Oh. It's one of the most original. It is, yeah. And it was really nice or different, it being set in Australia instead of Britain or America. Yeah. Um, and I thought the acting was pretty good, but I'd agree, the landing wasn't... No, not the landing, the ending... Um, I said stick the landing, that's yeah. why. Left it ever so slightly cold, but still a film worth watching, IMO. Yeah, I would say if you're a horror fan, it was quite good. Yeah, um, lots to enjoy. I think I went with three and a half star for, off the top of my head. Yeah, it's not um, bad. We also watched Red, White and Royal Blue. Which Say is that six times camp. fast. Silly gay film, but that's all we're going to say about it because we think we're going to do the next episode on it because okay. we're very aware that we're not talking about much <laughs> queer content. I know, actually, we need to. And we even focus. said it in the last episode that we felt like a lot of cinema releases weren't really showcasing it this year. So we're doing Heartstopper now and then hopefully Red, White, and Royal Blue. Um, a couple of the films that you're going to talk about, we did watch together, so I might have a bit of something to say, but do you want to go for it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we watched They Clone Tyrone. Great film. Um, where can people watch it? Netflix. Netflix. That's where we watched it. Yeah. Um, really good film, actually. Very, like, I thought it was quite ambiguous in, like, when it was set, but when I asked 
you, Nathan and Janney, while we were watching it when it was Hi, you two, if you're listening. They were like, it's present day, obviously. No, I get what you mean. But then at the end, I think Nathan said, "Mm, yeah, when's it set? I was like, but I didn't There's a really clever story about kind of assimilation of, of, of black people. Well, yeah. Is that how you would phrase it? It's, um, assimilation is an outdated and racist policy ideal for how to run a multicultural society, basically. And this is um, a really quite clever dissection of that as a policy choice. And also, um, we watched it in the same week that the family of... um, or a black family won or settled some big case in America, and it was to do with decades and decades ago... Um, some cancer cells were harvested from their relative without her consent. Mm. And this uh, pharmaceuticals company, a medical research company, has made billions and billions off of the back of the research that they've used her cells without her consent for. Wow. And we watched it in the same week as that headline came out. And it was very timely, which mm. was fun. Um, yeah, and it kind of was just talking about how um disadvantaged communities are exploited as well as disadvantaged what i thought was really all interesting sorts of stuff is like for the first 20 minutes to half an hour you're not really sure what's going on yeah and like if you read it in the blurb it's like oh this is a science fiction film and in the start you're like how on earth is this a science fiction film yeah. and then it really becomes a science fiction film and um, it manages to do everything and it's hilarious. Like it, it was really, really it's funny. It's really funny yeah. all the way through. It was funny. Yeah. So it's an excellently put it together film. John Boyega in it. Tayona Paris. Jamie Foxx. They were the main three. Yeah. And, and it had Kiefer Sutherland in. Yes, it did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was that. Yeah. What did we give it? I can't remember. Four, I think I'd give it four. four. Something like that. High scorer. And I think in a time where Netflix puts like shite on like Heart of Stone, that new Gal Gadot one oh, that everyone's yeah. saying is rubbish. And every I think Netflix kind of released some of these films knowing that people will just have it on in the background and millions of people will watch it. Well, that's how Netflix but, makes like, money. But seek out this because this is actually yeah. a very, very good Netflix good. original. Proper yeah. good. Yeah. Um, what else have we watched? Clemency. Oh, that was a tough watch. That is, um, it's like a prison drama and it follows the prison warden played by Alfred what's his surname? Woodard. Woodard, Woodward, Woodard. Woodard. Alfred Woodard, who does an excellent job. Yeah. Um it starts off one execution goes wrong and then the rest of the story is about what's gonna happen at the next execution. And it's really, really gripping. It was like I think you wrote in your letterbox review, there's no winners on death row. No. Like, she felt... I don't think there's any winners in the prison system. About being like the... the profiteers. She felt very conflicted about being the person that puts him up for execution. Obviously, the person who dies, who was probably wrongly convicted as well. Well, that's another thing. You know. Yeah. There's um, lots of layers to this one. Yeah, um, I, I always remember, like, in society, sometimes, we now and again, it'll come up every few years, it's like, should we have the death penalty? And it'd be this big thing. And I'm like, if there's one even tiny shred of doubt that they didn't do it, there should never be a death penalty. I'm anti-death penalty, whether there's doubt or not, but that's just me. Even for, like, terrorists? Yeah. Interesting. I think it... Um says a lot about the moral infrastructure of a society. It sets a precedent, doesn't it? That's not very good. Yeah. And it also means that if power goes to the wrong hands, they've got lots of means to exploit that power. Um, Wow. But it's good. So, yeah. We watched it on iPlayer, which I think means it It must have been on on the BBC recently. And I think when I was watching it, it said it's available for another couple of months. If not, it might be on another streaming service. Yeah. But But if you can, if you've got a TV license and you want to watch (laughs) it on iPlayer, 
catch it there. Yeah. It's really, really good. Um, and those of you who listen regularly will know that it took me about four years to watch through all of Buffy. So I finished that recently and I have replaced it with Ugly Betty. So I'm about halfway through season And I'm actually really enjoying if I sit down when you're watching it because I'm not ever going to do a rewatch of like yeah. Ugly Betty. Um, but it's fun. Some of it hasn't aged well from a queer perspective, especially. No, the, I have just got to the big, um, the big Alexis reveal. reveal. Especially the T in LGBT. I think yeah. it does quite well for the LGBs. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, it was quite. Well it was quite of it ahead of its time, wasn't it? Um, in some regards, yeah. Yeah, but I think the T, not great. Yeah. Not great. Um, but that. Interesting to watch, though, knowing what I know these days. Yeah. Actually, being able to be like. Because she's a cis woman playing her, isn't yeah. she? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my series du jour. So that's everything we've watched, isn't it? Mm-hmm. What's going on in the news? Nothing. Again. Still strikes. Still strikes. So like, there's no oh, exciting casting fun... news. There's no whatever. There's still... Although it, there seems like there's starting to be tiny little movements in negotiations, but I think I've said this on the podcast before, I don't think we'll be getting anything until September now, especially because... Well, I mean, that's only two weeks away. Yeah, but we'll just see Which how I suppose it's a long time in the world. But we haven't even had anything, and I think this probably is down to the time of year. Yeah. Because I think August isn't a good time for new news anyway. No. And then you've got the strike. But I think studios aren't even like saying, oh, we're going to delay this or we're going to delay that because I feel like all that news will yeah. come in September. Fingers crossed that they keep June too. Um, but Was it not an, some anniversary? Why did they re-release Snow White and the Seven Dwarves? Some... They've been doing a few Disney films. Is it all year? 100 it years. 100 years of Disney. Yeah. Thing. All right, yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, there's a few Disney classic Disney, no, Disney classics, Disney classics. in the cinemas if you want to yeah. seek them out. But yeah, it's moving very, very slow. Um, needs to sort itself out. There is a couple of bits with, because obviously with um, film festival season kind of coming up with Toronto, uh, London Film Festival, other bits. Yeah. Um, Venice, is it Venice as well? Well, um, did you say that um, a Studio Ghibli film is opening Toronto? It is, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, like first those. time it has. Um, Something about a pelican, was it a pelican? Oh, I can't remember. Um, but it, what it's interesting is some films, if they are indie, the unions are allowing them to do press for it. So there's Boy a, and the Heron. That's it. So there's a indie film coming out called Ferrari with I think Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz and they have been given the go ahead to promote that film outside of the strike so there might be some things is that to do with they're not a a major studio hasn't financed it I think exactly yeah like um I saw something and I haven't fact checked it so tell me off if it is wrong but A24 have just paid people what the yeah there's a couple of stu- there was a24 there was an there was another studio and they were like oh they could almost go ahead because they just they m- do what we want they've met the demands of the oh that was striking actually there is unions. some news about unions and things is there the marvel vfx team have decided to unionize because we've seen a bit recently ah. about how overworked they are and how horrendous it is which so. i mean a lot of VFX goes on in Marvel. I think it's more that because it's a universe, they they change things quite often. Yeah. So they'll they'll do it and they'll get it to a bit and then they'll oh no, that scene's totally coming out, we need to do a quick turnaround. So yeah. I would say they need to probably plan a bit further ahead so they know where the interconnecting yeah. stories are going. Um I did see a thing. Um that it listed the top, I think, four or five studios, and it said to meet all of the unions' demands, they would have it would cost them less than one percent of their profits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's profit, not revenue. Yeah, yeah. 
There's a lot um, of money out there. There is a lot Barbie's of money out there. Barbie's nearly overtook Super Mario, so... But at least the CEOs are getting billions. Millions, King. Okay. Right. Yeah. Not far off, is it? No. Um, actually, speaking of Barbie, has it been... Have we recorded since it became the first female-directed movie to I think we just discussed that it was it We was said it was approaching. Way. Yeah. It has become the first female-directed movie to... Reach billion. You know what I saw though, which is a bit strange for how much money it's making and the legs that it's got, as they say in the Barbie legs <laughs> in the in the industry. It's going on digital on the fifth of September, which I thought was a bit odd. That's rather. I quick. thought they'd try and eke it out, eke out as much from coming out. you know, like how Avatar was like, we're not going to go on digital for months and months, so yeah. go see it in the cinema. Yeah. You think they'd try and? Well, I feel like that, with but... Avatar, that was. As much to do with the art of it being made for cinema as it was about trying to make as much money as you can. Whereas Barbie, like, it's, it's going to be as good on the telly as it was in the cinema. Apart from, you Apart know, from watching that it with, like, hundreds of experience, people. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you one question before we move on to Trailer Trash or Treasure. Okay. Would you like a Barbie sequel? I would <laughs> definitely go and watch a Barbie sequel, but if they didn't make one, it would not ruin Barbie. Like, I, it, I'm not left wanting more because I thought it was just amazing and perfect and told a brilliant story. Yeah. I would see a sequel and probably another sequel, but only for the fact that it's a cultural phenomenon, not because I think I want to see If them. they managed to write a script that was as good as that, but how can they? They could. In Greta Gerwig, we trust. There are very few sequels that match par with the first, especially mm-hmm. when the first tells a complete story and doesn't leave you hanging. Yeah. Um, so that's how I feel on that one. What about you? Would you see a sequel? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's move <Yeah>. on. <laughs> well, what a time we've had. But now it's time to cast our minds into the future and get excited for what's coming up in the world of TV this time. Mm -hmm. It's time now for Trailer Trash or Treasure. What have we got this week, Declan? So we'll we'll keep with the unionising studio and we're going with Marvel Studios' Loki Season 2, which I'm hoping will be... A lovely palate cleanser after the shit show that was Secret Invasion. So, um, as always, link is in the show notes if you want to pause, watch along and come back. And we'll see you right after the sparkles. See you soon. And now for this week's headline feature. We haven't discussed it. What? The trailer. (laughs) I was like, what do you mean? It's you that opens it. I was getting confused by our script. Why? I don't know. Uh, we're out of practice. <laughs> <laughs> Ned looks really embarrassed, by the way. You'd think there was more than us two in the room. You would, wouldn't you? It's yeah. not a live podcast today, though. No. Did you like the trailer? Yeah. So did I. I liked season one as well. So, so did I. I think it's probably one of my favourite. I think, if not, that and WandaVision. And I quite liked Hawkeye as well, which other people weren't that fussed about. And I, I liked Hawkeye. And I liked the start of Miss Marvel, but I thought it went a bit off the... Just because I love Kamala Khan. I think it was just a couple two episodes long. Yeah. But this looks really good, and it looks like it'll have knock-on effects to the multiverse saga mm. that we're in. Um, interesting to see how they seem to be getting around the Jonathan Majors issue who's currently in court for oh, is he? various things. I thought he was a bit in a bit of trouble. Yeah, and he was only literally in that trailer for... I think it's probably quite easy with Kang, though, because you could probably just recast him. I mean... Or it, say that someone else is a Kang variant. In a multiverse so. full of variants, it must be quite easy yeah, to just replace so someone. If, if, it, if he's proven guilty, then they're probably... But it looks quite whimsical. I remember the first season reminded me a bit of, like... Doctor Who in t- parts as well. Yeah, a little um, bit like that. It's quite timey, yeah. timey wimey. Um, so Owen Wilson looks good again. I QP like that. Juan looks funny. Yeah, he looks funny. Although I do think he looks like he's playing the exact same part as he always does. But 
Hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. I mean, I don't like when actors are typecast, but... Yeah, but lots of actors are. Well, I know, but that doesn't mean I like it. Yeah. Um, but overall, I would say... Treasure. Me too. And it's Treasure. out on Disney Plus on the 6th of October. Okay. And now you can go on to the next bit. And now, for this week's headline feature. I can't believe you did that. <laughs> Me neither. Hearts Clopper, season two, coming up after this break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Okay, so Heartstopper Season 2. Do you want to dive in straight with the Season 2 synopsis that you've written? Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let me get in the zone. Picking up where it left the end of Season 1, Season 2 finds us back in the friendship group days after Nick has come out to his mum. As he and Charlie work out how to be together in public, Tao and Elle are working out their own romance. Ben, the closeted bully, uses, what's her name? The token ally of the group. I think her character's called Imogen. Imogen, that's the one, as a beard. <laughs> um, I think he's bisexual, isn't he? I don't know. I'm bisexual, actually. That was... Uh, that was Nick, Nick, I know, but yeah. Tara tells Darcy she loves her. Yeah. And the one who's always reading. Alex? Is that his name? I feel like... Hang on. Is this is not a great... Uh, Isaac. Isaac discovers that he isn't broken. Cute. You pretty much summed up the full season there. Well, I just gave... A little flavour of everyone's storyline. I'd like to remind everyone where I'm at with Heartstopper before we dig in. What do you mean? I refrained from watching the first season for a while because I was like, why is everyone watching? Why are all these adults watching like a glorified CBBC show? So I left it a bit and then I watched it and I thought, oh, it is quite cute. But it's very, although it's not always, but it's very saccharine. Oh, totally, but it's meant to be. I know, I know. But I think what I find weird is these are in year 10 and 11. Yeah. And, like, the furthest base they go to is kissing or a, or a love bite on the neck. And What, what you, were you doing? Oh, no, no, I know. I know. <laughs> no, let me finish. Okay. But then the year group after is when sex education is set. And yeah. that is completely different. And well, I know you change universes. No, I know, but I know you change a lot anyway in those short amount of time. But I just find it sometimes a bit twee. And yeah. like skins were set when they were in sixth form. Like Nick yeah. is literally about to go into sixth form. 
They are all three different worlds. Um, And I think they all fairly accurately represent the experience of different teenagers wherever they are from. Do you think? I think so, yeah. See, I don't... I think this world is... Whilst there is some hints on homophobia and there is some kind of bits of bullying and there are some real-world problems, I think that this is not the earth that we live on. Do you not just think that's because it doesn't represent your friendship group? That doesn't mean it's not anybody's friendship group. I don't imagine anyone's life is that nice. Oh. I just don't... No, I don't... I don't... It, it's... I know, like... It's obviously... I know, like, like, Charlie is bullied for being gay and stuff, but it's it's not... It's not as harsh as what I would deem the world, the real world could be like. And I do think that's probably why a lot of, of, of adults, and especially queer adults, are watching it, because... Although some people have annoyed me on Twitter, like, oh, I didn't have a relationship like that. It was like, loads well, of people don't. No. But, yeah, get I over think it. I think people that have that response to it are maybe taking it a tad too literally... Let's remember that it is fiction based on a graphic novel and it's entirely created to become a comfort blanket for queer youth. Like, it's not supposed to be a documentary. It's supposed to be something that you watch and makes you feel good. It's like any rom-com that's ever existed is all fiction. It's supposed to be there to make you feel good. Okay. That's why I like it. I think, you know, and I'll keep watching it when, like, season three's been announced, and I will keep watching it, because oh, I do too. think it's sweet, and I am invested in the characters. And I do actually think for young actors, apart from some of the ones that are in the background, like that football bully who's like, eh, yeah, he gives me, like, GCSE drama vibes, but the rest of them are actually quite good actors as well. I'll have you know, I've got to be at GCSE drama. Yeah, but you're not in Heartstopper. No. True. Um, I th- wonder, should we maybe go through different stories? Yeah. Because what I do think is quite nice is whilst we do follow primarily Nick and Charlie, there's a lot... This season, to me, it felt a lot more like other people were explored a bit. It revol- It Yeah. Season one is very much Nick and Charlie's world and everyone else is living Well, it's like it. Nick and Charlie, will they, won't they? Yeah. yeah. Whereas season two, I think it gives everybody else the character development we wanted from season one. Yes. Yes. Who do you want to start with then? Shall we start with Nick and Charlie? Yeah, why not? Get them out of the way. Yeah. Um. Very sweet. Yeah. Um. I did think Nick's kind of coming to terms with his sexuality and slowly telling people and... And wanting to tell people, but bottling it at the last minute yeah, repeatedly. That, yeah. that is so familiar. Yeah, that's very familiar to me. I remember going to sit on my mum's bed thinking, I'm going to tell her now, and then I wouldn't. And I must have done it so many times before I actually told her. Um, I do find Charlie a bit annoying. <laughs> He's just a bit like, mm, you love me, dear. Maybe I find him annoying because that's what I'm like. Um, but um, I do find his <laughs> character a bit I'm like, oh, you're a bit insipid. Um, which I feel a bit harsh saying about a year 10 character. But Well, also bearing in mind his character was bullied for a year. I know, I know. But he's just too a bit sappy. Like, oh my God, Nick loves me. Yeah, he does love you. Get over it. Um <laughs> So sorry, where's your heart gone? I don't know. It stopped. <laughs> Boom. Um but yeah, it's just I liked it. I liked how we get a bit more into I wouldn't say I liked, but I think they did the story about Charlie's eating disorder quite well. Um and from a well for a heart stopper version of it, like obviously they don't get really into Well it I don't think that the eating disorder storyline for Charlie has hap- like is happening yet. I think it's just introing it in this season so that next season it might look into it and it won't be such a shock for viewers because you're kind of set up to expect it. Yeah. Because other than Nick noticing... And then them finally having a small conversation about it. Nothing like it's not. It's not a story of Charlie trauma. I did quite like how Nick was 
you know, it Googles it. And it's like, yeah, it's a 15, 16 year old learning what an eating disorder is to support his boyfriend. And which I, I thought, thought was quite, you know, even when his, his mum, after they've had that dinner, says, oh, yeah. Charlie didn't eat much. And he doesn't yeah. even share it with Charlie and say, like, uh, share it with his mum and say, oh, I think Charlie's got an eating disorder. I don't even think he, he can wrap his head around it like, quite yet. Well, and I think he also recognises that it's not for him to go around telling people because he's worried. It's for him to talk to Charlie about. Yeah. Speaking of internet and phones, I, I do like how this show uses Instagram and, and social. Oh, and yeah, it's good. I think it's... You know, sometimes when you watch a film and the way they do it, it's like, <coughs> that's not how people use phones. It's like the person who wrote it has never used a phone yeah. and just seen people doing it. Yeah. But I do think, although I have seen some people say, who chat, chats on Instagram? I was like, well, up until I not long ago, me and you used to chat on Instagram yeah. every time. But now you've tried to get a bit better with your social... It's not that I'm trying to get a bit better with it. I just find that um, constant notifications is annoying. And because I'm so aware of tech bros... Like, thinking they rule the world. I don't want them to rule when I choose to look at my social media. So I've turned off notifications, which means that if you want to have a conversation with me, don't do it over Instagram, because if I'm not looking at it, I won't see that you've messaged me. Basically. So, yeah, um, that was a a segue on Ned's uh, social media usage. But, um, yeah, I thought... They've got a nice, cute relationship. And I like the final episode where they were like, will I say I love you, will I won't? And then he messages him to say, well, we think he does. Yeah, it cut his, to... his, his um, thumb is poised over, over the, send, the button. send button. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> shall we move on to Tawan L? Oh, we've not even mentioned Nick's, like, dickhead older brother. or Oh, dad. yeah, of course. Hang on. Yeah, go on then. Uh, well, Nick's got a dickhead older brother. Who actually, I think, is probably a... I don't know. I was going to say, I th- it feels like a slightly unrealistic character these days, but maybe I'm just surrounded by know, gay I people thought all the time. That. I know, I was like, why is he being such a twat? Like, he's at uni. Yeah. How is he a homophobe? I know. But then, there must be homophobes at uni. But then, it, but the thing is, though, like... And I always find that there doesn't all you know... if doesn't tend to be only one homophobe in a family like if you've been brought up and like olivia coleman's character his mom is so supportive yeah his dad's almost his quite dad, supportive like his dad quite isn't a dad. supportive but not because he's homophobic he's just, just because he's a, a shit dad. dad yeah yeah he's just absent so just so like this brother being a twat is just a bit strange came out of nowhere but i liked the contrast came out of oh. nowhere I liked the contrast of Nick's older brother with Charlie's older sister. Cause we oh, saw, she's an icon. We saw yeah. much more of her this season, which I love because she is so funny. Very dry. Very, um... Would we call her a goth? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she was a goth, but I wouldn't imagine her hanging around with all the gothy kids in my year at school. <laughs> I don't know what her character's called, actually. Me neither, actually. Anyway, Nick's uh, Charlie's sister. She's funny. Yeah, she's good. I don't um, know if I needed the bit about Nick's dad being in Paris and not being that great of a dad. Although I suppose it was character building because we understand a bit more of his background. And... Well, and also because like four episodes they were on that school trip in Paris. If you had tried to squeeze an intro to his dad into any of the other episodes, I feel like it would just come out of nowhere. That's another reason I quite happily watch it, because the episodes are only like 30 to 40 minutes long. Yeah, it's not a. Um, I would not be watching Heartstopper job. if it was an hour and eight episodes. I don't watch anything that's an hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tower and L? Tower and L. Oh, I think oh. these are my favourites, you know. I think Tower is I found so adorable. Tao a bit irritating, episode uh, series one. And I was like, oh, and it's a shame because I I think I liked his character. I just, he started to grate on me a little bit. But this season, I feel like he gets to know himself a lot better. Yeah, he does. And in doing so, becomes less grating. Yeah. Um, He's cute. And when he cuts his hair to try and impress her. 
I was like, oh. And then when he did cut his hair, I was like, oh, he looks so, like, handsome, bless him. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, like, grew up when he cut his hair, didn't he? He did, yeah. <laughs> um, um, And I like Yasmin's character, and I Yasmin like... Finney. Yeah. Who plays Al. Al. I like Al, and I like the kind of... That really resonated with me, not from a relationship perspective, but, like, when some of your best friends were on about going to another sixth form to you and it felt like it was the end of the world because you'd never see them again, even though you will. But everything feels like such a big deal when you're that age. Um, well, I get the sense that that art school she's going to is quite a way away. I don't think it's too, like... Is it a bus away, realistically? Well, I don't know. They were like, you're going away, like... Yeah, but I just think that's kids being like... Is it? Oh, you're going away when really the school's just on the other side of town. Like you still live in town. Yeah. And hang yeah. out. Okay, maybe it's... But that. I liked all her kind... <clears throat> what I like about whilst her being transgender is, you know, she owns a queerness and she... It's part of the story. It's not like part of the story. Like, it's not an issue. What I like is obviously a family are really <laughs> accepting of her. Yeah. It's not like this harrowing transgender story of... Well, that's what I think... Heartstopper does so well and unfortunately so uniquely is that all of these characters have their own queer identities but it's not them it's not about them being queer characters it's characters that are queer and it's how their queerness and their lives are intertwined rather than I have a life and my queerness is like separate and bigger and terrifying it's all just them part and parcel of who they are which is so lovely and refreshing to see yeah i don't think it's real though but yeah no but the point is when people see it on screen they start feeling that way about themselves and are we aspiring to it is that what we're doing if if kids in their formative years are watching heartstopper like we are they're going to grow up feeling a lot more comfortable and understanding themselves a lot better than we ever did. So, where it may not be the truth now that people's queerness is just intertwined with who they are because we, growing up when and where we have, have had to put it in a box, they are less likely to have to put it in a box. Tell you what this when world reminds me of. It's like when my mum goes, "Why I don't get why people have to come out still, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I do, but I go with what she says. And then she goes, and that, to me, even though pretty much this full season is about Nick coming out, it's almost like it's, it's a world where none of that really exists anymore. Because mm. even the people who just tell mostly are like, oh, right, okay, what are you telling me that for? Who's bothered? Well, I mean, like, most of the people I told didn't like whoop and scream and holler. Most of them were Most like, of my friends yeah. were like, when you're getting on grinder. It's like... Well, exactly, like, yeah. nonplussed by your being gay. Yeah, I don't know why I'm... You've just I'm never a, seen I it from the external feel a bit perspective. Maybe it's a bit of internalised homophobia jumping out I don't know if bit. it's necessarily that, but I think you almost said jaded, which probably isn't unrealistic. Yeah. I think a lot probably of people are I think a lot of people our age are jaded. Yeah, I think I'm probably jealous that it wasn't as nice and wholesome. And I don't necessarily mean... Because obviously, as I say, they're still coming out and still having to deal with all those problems. But just the thought of having like a really nice group of queer friends at school yeah. must be amazing. Like, I was aspiring to move to Leeds to get that. One of my very close friends went away for a year and then came back and did sick form a year after yeah. us. And the friendship group in her new year group were that queer group of friends. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tara and Darcy. Our I lesbian. love Tara and Darcy. Do you? Yeah. Our Why lesbians. Why? They just annoy me. No. <laughs> They're so cute. Oh, it's just like, oh, right, okay. I don't know. I, um... Do they annoy you because they're so confidently publicly lesbian? Well, we think they are. At their 16-year-old I did quite like that story where, is it Darcy's mum is a bit of a homophobe and throws her out? Uh, Oh, yeah. I wrote about her um, 
like her relationship with her parent. Her parent is somebody who says they're just being honest, but actually they're just being a bully. Yeah. Yeah. She looked like a lesbian in that outfit. Well, that's because she is. And, and so also, what, ask anywhere? me if I give a shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. who cares what people look like? If it makes them feel good wearing it, wear it. Yeah. Why does it matter? But I did quite like that. I thought that scene towards the end of the season where they were like, um, when she, she said, so Tara, I think I'm getting them the right way around. Tara said that she, she loved her. Yeah. And Darcy couldn't really like cope yeah. with that. And turns out it's really because she feels like you only love the part that I show you or the 50% that accepts me. Yeah. Um, so... And it's also about, like, the amount of shit that her mum gives her for looking like a lesbian. Yeah. It makes her not feel worthy of love. So when someone says it, she doesn't believe it. And I think yeah. that she is not the only person in the world to have ever felt that. So I think that's quite an important... Piece of character writing. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Anything else on them too? Um, no. No. Don't think so. Okay. Isaac, our asexual king. Who doesn't have a name for his asexuality until the very end. And I think unless you're accustomed to looking out for it you probably wouldn't pick up on the fact that he's not feeling like um raging hormones or physical attraction or anything to any of his peers and he's looking around at all of these couples and all of these people getting with each other um and until it reveals to us that he has identified himself as asexual um it doesn't really tie together until that point and i think it's really quite cleverly subtle throughout i think this was really well done and i actually think it's an important thing because i think a lot of queer culture is sexualized and i don't necessarily mean by queer people itself i think a lot of the the straight people presume that queer every bit of queer culture is sexual well i think unless you're better in the know you think that sexual orientation is the only aspect of queerness yeah yeah but i actually found this quite uh i quite liked the lesson about asexuality and i quite liked the way that because i know asexuals exist i do not for the life of me understand it because there's quite a no you don't need to understand that's what i'm saying yeah as quite a sexual being I could not wrap my head around the fact that, that he's not necessarily... Sex. No, not even that. Like, he's not even having those, you know, those little belly feelings where you start fancying somebody or... Or yeah. he might, but not to the strong extent that we might have done. Like, I just found it was, you know, it almost feels a bit patronising. It's like, oh, 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 I'm dissing myself because I even needed the lesson that I did. But I actually did. Because I think Fair. asexuality isn't something that is discussed very much at all. Well, I also think that in the context of, like, representation of queerness on screen, the easiest way to represent a character as their queer self is through their partners or the people that they find attractive. And when you don't really have that option because the identity you're trying to represent is about the individual and not who they're looking at it must be um it takes a bit of creativity to represent i think and i think that this did it really really well well yeah because i liked that james had a crush on him the character james and all of it all of isaac's friends are presuming that when he goes and meets up with him he's going to kiss him he's going to have the same lived experience that they're all they're going to fancy each other and then he gets really annoyed at them because he's like there's more to me than who i'm hooking up with or whatever Mm. and i thought that was i just yeah this is a storyline that i would say for me i'm glad i watched it yes yes Um, and i think he probably um puts into words what I imagine a lot of people feel as they're watching all of their peers go through like coming of age type experiences. Like 
not feeling like he's working properly if he's not having the same feelings as other people. But it but turns even... out he is working properly. He just doesn't need to have those feelings yeah, in order to work Even properly. I even think it could be something where different people, and I'm not trying to say he won't be asexual forever because he could be. Well, will you be gay forever? No, I know. Just, just yeah, let me. I know, I am. So, <laughs> like, there's quite an important bit at that stage of your life when people sexually mature on different scales. And sometimes you see people way ahead of you, let's say, in the in the timeline. Yeah. And I think sometimes, if you're honest with... Like, if I was honest with myself, there was loads of times where I was like, even if the opportunity was there, I'm not ready. Yeah, but you still know that... No, I know. I'm just trying to say it. Like, it's quite... It's almost a separate point, but it's nice to see... Oh, I don't know what you've, I don't I don't know how to explain it. No. Because it, asexuality isn't the same as when you sexually mature, I guess, or no, when you feel not. ready. I know, but that's just what it reminded me of, I yeah. guess. No, but when you feel like there's something wrong with you because you're not ready, or if you yeah. even want it at but I all, think that, which yeah. is asexuality, I guess. But, yeah. Yeah. But before you want it. You know you'll probably want it, even if you don't have words for it. Whereas I didn't get the sense that I think I feel it was less a I don't know if I want it, and more I know that I don't want it. Mm. Is the distinction probably? So my nice little bit. I'm kind of I don't really want to go over any more characters because I think that's the main group done. Other than Imogen, who I think makes a comment about being the token ally and definitely is and i find her i feel sorry for imogen because she's like i don't really have that many friends nobody relates to me i can't relate to anybody else and she gets used so that that ben dude doesn't have to come out come out so found that ben story all a bit much why i don't know you just had a crush on charlie he didn't just have a crush on charlie what did he do? He manipulated Charlie and assaulted him. No, the assault aside. That, that is the storyline, though. No, the manipulation, <laughs> I'm like, how, can a fi- like, how manipulative can a 15-year-old be? Well, exactly. Be? Somebody who isn't equipped with the right way to deal with their emotions ends up doing it toxically. Did he kiss him... Non-consensually? Yeah. Right. I don't remember. Did we see that? There was definitely a vibe. I can't quite remember how explicitly we saw it. Because that's quite a difficult thing to do. Unless you really overdo it and, and kiss someone really, really when they don't want you to, when it's random. But what what I'm trying to say is someone's got to lean in first. Yeah, but they also have to have the opportunity to say yes or no. Do you think? When I first went to kiss you? Well, it doesn't matter because I wanted to. Well, exactly, but you didn't need to tell me you wanted to. No, but if I didn't want to, oh, well, I'd have then told obviously you. that would be a different. Yeah, okay, right, I get with you. And the point was, Nick didn't fee- didn't have the, uh, not Nick, Charlie didn't have the confidence, opportunity, or self-esteem to say no, and Ben took advantage of it. Yeah. So I want to kind of move on to wrapping up, but I will just comment that I did love the two older teachers on the Paris trip. I was Um, hoping we'd get to them. Yeah. I um, called it before it happened, and then it happened. Nathan and Yusuf. Will they, won't they? Yes, they will. Oh, we're going to have to share the same bed. What a shame. Oh, that shouldn't have happened. It was silly. Oh, no, it wasn't. Let's go for coffee and dinner next time. <laughs> it was cute. That I liked that cute. little more. And... In, a, in a show where we're primarily watching 15 and 16-year-olds kind of come to terms with their, who they are, it was quite nice to see someone who is extremely comfortable and walks yeah, around, mince, with a little pride. minces around with a little pride flag on, and then this Yusuf, who's That's a how bit I'd like, want to be if I was a teacher. Who is... Who am I... What, there's that really he nice said, line, he's like, 
too old to have an adventure or something along those lines. He said like, he, oh, no, it's he didn't come out until in his late 20s, is what he said. Um, which I thought was a nice little nod because um, it's like catering to the audience that are our age because there are a fair few of our peers who didn't come out until their 20s and it's giving teenagers who don't want to come out the permission to wait until they're a bit older. Yeah. Um, so that was really cute and lovely. So if you were, we don't tend to give TV a star rating. No, no, but I have written one down. What? Four. I'd go with three and a half for me. Yeah. I don't even think we need to get the gay data out because I think it would explode. Well, I did run a quick gay data test and it's like instantly to the top. Yeah, So that's fine. Um, the only other thing I'd like to say is that I love the soundtrack to Heartstopper. I oh, love, yeah, it's cute. I loved season oh, and one I love and I love season two. The little graphic novel elements that are, you know, like when the touch yeah. hands and there's little leaves. If you play little... the soundtrack on Spotify, those leaves are floating around oh, on your screen. Cute. It's really cute. So um, are we done? I think so. That felt like a really rushed end. But yeah, I've said everything. Have you said everything? I have. Yeah. All oh, right. And that's all for this time. If you have enjoyed this episode of Gaze on Film, please subscribe, rate and comment on your podcasting platform of choice. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Gaze on Film Pod. And check out our Letterboxd accounts, links of for which are in the show notes. Did I say that right? Nearly. <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts, so do please drop us a message, especially on this one. I want to know... Yeah, I'd love to chat about who this. You feel, who's your favourite characters... Whatever, whatever. Stave episode. Yeah. What do you want to happen in season three? Yeah. I have been Declan. And I have been Ned. And this has been Gears on Film. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.